0: We begin today the Gemara on Daf mem beiz amad alef, the top line of the Yomod, Oma This Gemara is continuing a discussion based on a Braise that was brought on Allah-Bays, where there's a machlokis between Rebbe and the Rabbanon regarding freeing half of a slave. Rebbe says you can free half of a slave and the Chachamim said no, lo'ikana, you can't free half of a slave. So there was a discussion before in the Gemara, regarding exactly when this machleikis applies, whether he was being freed through shtar or being freed through kesef. But be it as it may, we have here a machleikis about freeing a half a slave. And another important point here is, why should there be an issue of freeing a half a slave? Because we compare freeing a slave to the divorce of a wife. A person can't divorce half of his wife. (laughs) So the same thing regarding a slave so, you can't free a half a slave. That's one swara. There's law, law. We compare the, isha, the eva to each other. That's exehta okay? But according to the Rabbanon, you could free a half a slave. So, on this, the Gemara continues and qualifies exactly. Rabbi says here that machlaikis does not always apply. Umar Rabbi says, machlaikis is when he freed half of the slave, but, but he left half to be a slave. But if he frees half of the slave, and the other half he sells to someone else, or he gives him a gift to someone else, that is, he gives half of him as a gift to someone else. So, over here, this will take effect according to all opinions because given the kule, since this slave is leaving this master's possession completely, so everybody agrees this will take effect. So now she clarifies it has to be in such a way that the freeing half of the slave and the other half that you sell to someone else are happening at the same time. Or maybe that he sold half of them first to someone else. He basically tells someone you want to be a partner with me in this slave? So he sells half of the slave first to someone else, and then he goes and frees his part. So the, the moment he's freeing half of his part of the slave, the slave is fully disconnected from him. He gave him fully away. So that's so and, and the, the, the chat over here is. The problem of freeing a half a slave, like I said before, is similar to trying to divorce half of a wife. You can't have her half as a wife and half not. So over here, regarding this slave, since he's giving up the slave completely, so then it takes effect. Even though the slave is only being freed that way because the other half of him is going to be now acquired by another master, but for you, you're giving him up completely. So therefore, it takes effect. Everybody will agree it takes effect. So Some of the Abayah Abayah about this. Is what I'm is it true that in such a case, when you are take, taking the slave completely out of your possession, there's not going not to be an argument, like in this scenario that we just said, that you freed him halfway, and the other half you sold to someone else? But So here the Gemara brings a contradiction between two Braises, and the, seemingly this shows that they're arguing even in this case. Because in one Braise it says, A person owns two slaves. And he writes a document where he gives away all of his possessions to two slaves. Right? So in the document it's written, All of my possessions are given to you. And he writes these two documents to, to two of his slaves. And he Rashi says, So so who's he giving this document to? So he has these two documents that he gives to one individual, a shliach, as a representative of both of these slaves, and he gives it to this one Shliach here, you be zeicha in this document that is giving them all of my possessions to these two slaves at the same time says the braise konu so yet it works they acquire now all of his possessions which includes themselves they're also a possession of the master and now so they both basically are getting all of the master's possession at the same time, which means that they're becoming partners in their master's possession. Each one of them gets half of his master's possession. So now, including themselves, each one of these slaves now own half, uh, each one owns half of the other. But, so it takes effect, and now they can free each other. Each one is Zeichen, half of his friends uh, owns half of the other Evet, the because they're all, again, partners in all of the possessions. So they can free each other, and they become free. So here you basically have a situation where the master ended up freeing half of the slave, and selling the other half of the slave to his other slave. And what does the brayse say? It takes effect, and they can free each other. But And another brayse it says same, basically the same thing. Person says, "I'm giving all of my possessions to." Two of my slaves that I own, so then they won't acquire themselves. They won't. They don't acquire anything. They can't be. They can't be freed this way. So if they can't be free, they can't can't acquire any of his possessions. In order to acquire a penny of the master, they have to be first free. If you're not free, whatever you own belongs to the master. So since their own freedom did not take effect. So therefore, they can't acquire a penny either. Mm-hmm. So the explains, "My love, don't you think?" So you have your contradiction of these two brises. So don't you think? What's the argument here? the brise that says that they do become free follows the opinion of Re, of, of Rebbe, That is sorry, Hor Rabbi. This is Rabbi. Rabbi says that when you free a slave halfway, he becomes free. And the and the other brise that says that they do not, that they do become free. That is. One second, let me just make sure I have the opinions here straight. Rebbe is the one that says, yes. The Rebbe is the one that says that they do become free. And, Vahar Abbanan, and the price that says that they do not become free by a half freedom, that's following the Rabbanon, that says that it does not take effect. But the point is, you see here clearly that this argument of Rebbe and the Rabbanon applies even in a case where the Master is giving away totally the ownership over these slaves. Right? So, But nevertheless, they're still arguing about this. Says the Gemara, loy. That's not necessarily the pshat of the machlekes of these two brises. And here the Gemara is going to give three different possibilities of how to understand these brises and how to answer the contradiction. The first is as follows: I can tell you both of these brises follow the opinion of the rabbanon that say you cannot free a half a slave. But what's the difference between these two brises? Oh, the Omar Kulai. If the master says, the first b'risa that says that they become free is because the master freed them and he told them, I'm freeing, I'm giving each one of you, I'm freeing you completely. I'm giving away all my nekhasan to you and I'm freeing both of you included in that completely. So then that takes effect. Like, uh, like, like we said before, that once you're freeing him, if each slave is leaving his master completely, so then he becomes co- totally free. Even if someone else is acquiring half of him, it doesn't matter. He's leaving his master completely, it's not an issue. But Ho, oh, the other b'risa that says that the freedom in this way does not take effect, the Oma chatsi chatsi. The master did not say, I'm giving each one of you, 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 that, that, you the full possessions that I own. He says, I'm giving you half of my possessions, and I'm giving you half of my possessions. When the master says such a thing, so then that's a half of freedom, and that will not take effect. So Rashi explains whether the master says, first, to one slave, I give you half of my possessions, and then afterwards, he comes to another slave and says, I give you half of my possessions, it's not going to work because even Rabbah before, that said, that you can free the entire slave as long as uh, the master is getting rid of the slave completely. But that's only if he says, I give you freedom and the other half is sold to someone else. But if it's bze if he goes to one slave first and the other one afterwards, so then it's, it's you're only freeing him halfway. And that according to the Rabbana does not work. But Rashi adds another swara, and this is something that many of Rishonim argue with, but Rashi over here says, even if you're going to tell both of these slaves, at the same time, I'm giving you and you half, or let's say you give it to a shliach, and the shliach receives for both of them this star that says that I'm giving you and you half, they're not going to be free. Because it's possible to say that he's giving both of the slaves the same half. He's not giving one slave one half of his possessions and the other slave another half. He's giving both of them the same half of his possessions. And therefore they can't go free. As I mentioned, the reason the Yishrenim argue on this is because usually regarding a sale and money matters, it doesn't work that way. If you own a property and you sell one person half of the property and then you come to the other individual and you say, I'm selling you the half of this property, we're not going to say that the second person gets nothing because maybe he sold the first and the second the same half. You're going to say, well, he gave him one half and he gave him the other half. So Khairi should say the same thing over here. But to Mephoshim explain, one of the Pshatim here is that according to Rashi, by a Shtar shichrar, it's a different story. Shtar Shikhr, because it says in the tale, krisos, it has to be written in an that it's very crystal clear what your intention in this Shtar is. So even if by a sale we could assume that he meant two different halves, but in a Shtar Shichror, if you're writing to two avod, that I'm giving you half of my possession, and he writes the same thing to the other, I'm giving you half of my possessions, it could look like that he means the same half. Not a different half, and therefore, the whole freedom doesn't take effect, Bechla. That's why the second Braise says it doesn't take effect. The second Braise says call. called. One, one second, one second. But so, at this point, the Gemara is sort of changing, that you have to understand the second Braise to mean that he wrote Chatzi Chatzi. Okay, but now the Gemara will ask regarding this second the but Braise here. If you look there further, and the, and the second Braise, what does it say? when the master freed both of these slaves, or he gave them his possessions. So he clearly said, I'm giving you half of my possessions, and I'm giving you half of my possessions, then then they're not going to be kind of themselves. So what do I understand from this? That in the Reisha, the master said, that he's giving all of his possessions, and he said that to both of the slaves. Not like the shot we just wanted to say. So at this point, the Gemara understands that the braisa over here is, is, is saying two Allah It's saying, whether you say to both slaves, I'm giving you all, whether you say to each slave that I'm giving you half and you half, either way, it's not going to be ka'ina. So we can't make the distinction that we just made. So the Gemara answer is not necessarily. We could say, perusheh komafarish. The safer of this breiseh is coming, not to add another case, but it's coming to explain the reisha. That when it says Af that he gives all of his possessions to these two slaves that they will not acquire themselves comes the Braissa and explains tzad, how and when is that? Omar, khatzi khatzi. If he tells each slave that I'm giving you half of my possessions but if he would tell each one of them that I'm giving you all so then they would be kind of themselves. And it's logical to understand the Braissa this way because if the beginning of the Braissa. The master said to both slaves that he's giving them all of his possessions so then why is the safe i have to say this case of hatzi hatzi kuloi loikonu if in the where he told the slaves clearly i'm giving each one of you all of my possessions nevertheless it does not take effect even though there's no there's no half freedom over here there's a full he's giving each one of them fully Nevertheless, it doesn't take effect. Omar Would it be necessary for the Raisa then to say in the Sefer another din? That if he says to each one of them, I'm giving you only half, that it does not take effect? So it's, it's, it must be that the Sefer is not another din, because there's no Kiddush in this. It must be that the Sefer is just coming to explain what the case of the Reisha is. Okay, but this point, the Gemara says, is lav because you could explain the Brayseh as follows, If it's this problem you have here, that why is the safer mentioning the case of Chatsi Chatsi? So then, this is not a proof. Because I can tell you, Sometimes the Brayseh does such a thing, that it says the case of the safer to explain to you, to reveal to you, not really to explain, but really to reveal to you what the intention in the words of the reisha was. Don't make a mistake and say, That in the Reisha, when the Avodim do not acquire themselves, it's only because he told each one, I'm giving you half. But if he would have told each one of them that you acquire yourself fully, they would have acquired themselves. So therefore, So in the safe it says the case where he told each one of them that only half is, is yours. The So this now clarifies that the pshat of the reishi is that he told each one that I'm giving, I'm giving you fully all my possessions and still they will not acquire themselves. So you could learn the pshat and the braisa this way that even by kulay they're not going to be cutting themselves. So there's no there's no raya over here how to learn the pshat of this b'shat. Okay, Now the Gemara gives another pshat to answer the contradiction of these two b'raises. Again, we're talking about a person that has two slaves and he's giving them away all of his possessions. In the first price it says that they're kind of themselves and they acquire everything. In the second b'raise it says they get nothing. Obviously if you buy the same, if you want, I'll answer you another p'shat in these two, these two prices here. Like Kashi, there's no contradiction. Kan B'shtar If he writes into one star that I'm giving two of my avodim, all of my possessions, then it does not take effect. And Rashi explains, the reason is, because, again, because we compare the freedom of an Eved with a shtar to the divorce of a Isha with a get. You can't give, a person has two wives, he can't give two wives one get, and in one get it says, I'm divorcing two of my wives. of law, say for Christus, law means you write to one wife, not for one and another wife in the same get. It's the same thing with the star. The free a You can't write in, that you're freeing two avadim in the same star. So that's the b'raisa. That's the second b'raisa that said that they won't be freed at all. And Khan, the first b'raisa was b'shnei shtaris. He gave two separate documents and could be he gave it to a shliach to be zeicha for both of them, but it's two separate documents, so therefore there's zeicha. So the gemara asks them this, if that's the case, b'shtar If the second b'raisa is one shtar, so then my irye chetzi chetzi. According to the pshat that we wanted to say before, that the whole Braisa is all talking about when he said that he's giving half to him and half to him. And that's why it's not Kaina. but a philo kuloi namiloi Even if the master said that he's giving all of his possessions away to both of the slaves, it still shouldn't take effect because there's another problem here. He's writing all of this into one star. When you write freedom to two avodim and one star, either way, it cannot take effect. Hmm. So here the Gemara answers, You're right, no, we have to read the Braiseh this way as well, and here the Gemara is going to actually explain again, going back to this Braiseh, where there's a reisha and there's a Seifeh. And the Pshar of the reisha and the Seifeh is, Take, we can say, is this point that we're saying now, the reisha is talking about Shtar Echad, and the Seifeh is, ta- again, the reisha that is, is talking about, sh- that he freed these two Avodim in Shnei Staris. and the Seifeh is talking about, that he freed them in one Shtar. In the words of the Gemara, so when it says, Af atzmon in the Reisha it said that he freed the Avodim and he told them, I'm giving you all of my possessions. So he gave it all away to them. So why shouldn't it take effect? So what's the Pshat in the Reisha? amunim echad. When he told them, I'm giving it all away to both of you, so why doesn't it take effect? Because it was written into one shtar. Then the Brai said, what's the safest saying? Ah, If he wrote that he's giving away all of his possessions to two of his slaves and it was written into two separate documents, then kanu? Kind of they do all acquire themselves, because they, 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 they like, like Rabbi said before, they get fully freed. But But then the Seif says, but if he says, I'm giving half of my possessions to you and half to you, then, then even with two Stores, they will not acquire themselves. A third P'shantikimata suggests, or if you want, I can tell you, there's no contradiction here between these two B'rises. Kan achas. In the Brisa that it says that the, the, he gives away everything to two avodim and they both get freed, it's because he gave it to them at the same time. Whether he gave it to both of them at the same time or through a shliach he gave it to them at the same time, so therefore they both become freed completely. And Kaan B'zeh And over here in the Brisa that it says that they do not become freed because he gave it to one after the other. He gave to one half and then the other one another half. So he says, or, or again actually. When the Gemara here says, it does not mean half. It means he gave to one, he said, I'm giving you all my possessions. Then he says to the other, I'm giving you all my possessions. So in such a case, the freedom will not take effect for either one of them. So the Gemara explains this. What does this mean? Why, if he says to one first, and then to the next second, that I'm giving you all my possessions, why doesn't it take effect for both of them? So the Gemara asks, It's understood why the second one gets, Leikonik gets nothing, the hakani because he already gave everything away to the first slave. But ela but the first one, He should acquire all possessions, including the second slave, now becomes his. So, what, what, what does this mean? So, the Rishaynim Avir explained that the Gemara thought, when the Gemara gave this answer, the Gemara thought that it was sort of a condition. He's, when he gives one all of the possessions and then he gives the other all the possessions, so he wrote both shtaddest first. And after he finished writing both shtares, then he gives one to one, and he gives the second to the second. So it sort of looks like a condition that you're getting everything if he gets everything. So one can't, they both can't get everything. Bezeh doesn't work. If you give it bevasah so they both are sort of partners. They both get everything together. But if you give first one and then the other, it doesn't work. But the Gemara asks, no, it's not a condition. There's no, you don't see any condition over here. He gave it to one, so he should be kind to everything. And the second one should get nothing. So why is the Glyseus saying that none of them get free? So therefore, the Gemara Taka concludes, machvarte meikara. So therefore, the better answers for <coughs> the strida of these braises are the two answers we said before, and not this final answer we said here. Ravashi Omar Ravashi suggests another answer to explain the braise that says, second braise that says, that these slaves will not acquire themselves. Shani Asam, this second braise is different, the Kakari Luhu Avadai. If you look into the terminology that the braise, the second braise said, the lashon was that he's writing, He's referring to them as Avadai. In the first place, he said it says, He wrote, I'm giving all my possessions to you. But of Aries, referring to them as Avadai. So now she explains, the person basically made a mistake. He thought he can give away all of his possessions to his slaves while they're still his slaves. But he can't. If They're still slaves, then it all goes back to him. Mm-hmm. So, what the second price is saying is still, since they are still slaves, they won't be cutting anything. So, asks Ravashi that you can't look at this word of vodai and say that the price is saying that there's still a voda, the Perhaps Avodai means shahayu Kvar. He's giving it to the slaves, but he's not saying that you should remain my slaves. What he's saying to them is, you that were my slaves, I'm giving it all away to you. But they're not still his slaves. That's how you understand the words of the Braiseh. So that that can't be the reason why they're not Kaina. And he brings over here from what we learned in the Mishnah, we see the same terminology of Avodai in another Mishnah. And there it means also that they were his slaves, but not that they are presently going to remain his slaves. And we had this Mishnah already quoted before on Davches. The Mishnah says as follows: Tanan Hakaysiv Kol lavde. Person writes he's giving away all of his possessions to his slave. Yatsal So the f- slave gets everything, including his, his himself, and he's free. But Shia Karka If the master writes into the Star that there's something that I leave one property, I leave for myself, and he didn't specify which one that is. So now, any karka, any piece of possession from the master, any that the slave will want to take, the master will say, oh, this is the one I left over. So, so he basically, the, the term kol nechassai in the braiseh doesn't mean anything. So then, lo so then the, the Ebed himself does not attain his own freedom either. Because his freedom was included in the statement of kol chassai. But since kol nechassai, he can't get anything, so he can't get his own freedom either. So Rashi here explains, and this is the Sugi we learned before on Dav this is based on the idea of lo'i palginon di Buddha. We can't split the statement. If we can't accept the term of kolmechassai regarding acquiring and getting any property, because he can push him off from anything, so he can't get his own freedom either. But Rav Shemin, I mean, Rav Shemin disagrees, he will become free, because Rav holds palginon di Buddha, regarding the properties, karka. So the master can tell him, no, this is not yours, this is not yours, this is what I left for myself. But regarding his own freedom, he'll become free. Because he's not karka, and the the Evan himself is not karka, so he'll become free. Unless the master does as follows. I'm giving all my possessions away to my servant, to my slave. Besides one drop, one ten thousandth, one drop. So when he says one drop and he doesn't specify that it's karka, so that one drop could be the Evid himself. The, the master could say, you're that one drop that I'm keeping for myself. So if the Evid can't acquire himself, he can get nothing. Okay, that's the Allah of that Braisev. But what's the Gemara bringing you this all over here? It's focusing on this Lashon that the Braisev says, that he writes and he says, It says the term Avdi. It says the Gemara. So in the words of Rabbi only because he said, accept. Except this drop, so therefore he won't be free. Otherwise, the evad will, will acquire himself. But amai, why is that? When he wrote him, he's giving him everything away. He's referring to him as an evad Says the Gemara, Elos, over there. What does it mean? Avdi shahoyekvar. Avdi does not mean that you're going to remain my slave. It means that you that this, you were my slave. So, over here as well, in the second b'raise, when it says, I'm giving to both of my slaves, all of my possessions, it means those that were my slaves. It doesn't mean that they're going to remain as slaves. Okay, so therefore the Gemara basically refutes this answer of Ravashi. Now the Gemara goes back to the halacha of a chazi evad and chazi ben that we learned about in the Mishnah, that what did it say in the Mishnah? The halacha that Beisolo said is, he serves his master one day, and, he's, and he can work for himself another day. Because that, that's how we do it with his half and half. Says so, the Gemara regarding this case, if so, On the day that he's owned by his master, an ox came and gored him. So on that day, he belongs to his master. So, so whatever damages happen to him, who does it have to be paid to? Has to be paid to his master, because he's owned by his master on that day. On the day that he works for himself, and then a an ox came and gored him. So who has to be paid for any damages that were caused? Lots of money. He's paid for himself. Okay, so, so, so we see over here, you may think that because this person is owned half and half, so any day, whenever he's damaged, so the payment for whatever the decrease of his value should always be half and half, half to him and half to his master. Because whatever value went down by him, it's not only today that it went down, but it could affect tomorrow as well. But nevertheless, it doesn't work that way. The, today is the day that I'm owned by my master, so whatever value was decreased by what happened there, he, so his master has the rights to collect that fully. If it's on the day that he owns himself, he collects that fully. So the Gemara asks, if this is so when it comes to collecting, a pay for a damage, so maybe we should say the same thing regarding him being able to get married. So elamata, shouldn't I say, if so, the same thing should be, the day that he's owned by his master, yiso on that day, he should be allowed to marry a Shivchak kananis, Because on that day, he's an Eved Kanani. But Yahim Shalatzmei, then on the following day, when he's owned by himself, he's working for himself. He's a On that day, he could be married to a Baschaden. So basically, why shouldn't we say that this person can get married to a Shivchak kananis and to a, a, a Jewish girl? On, on the day that he's owned by his master, he'll live with a Shivchak kananis, And on the next day, he'll live with a Yiddish wife. So we can split it as well. Can't we do that? So why did the Mishnah say that there's a big issue? A Beishameh. the Mishnah said that he can't marry anybody. So the Gemara answers, no, it doesn't work this way. Regarding such an issue of iser, his identity, is he a Yid? Is he, or is he still an Kanadi? Kanani? Regarding this, you can't split it. Regarding the value or the damages that it, that, that it was caused, so that you could say that the, the money, who it belongs to, so you split it one day him and one day his master. That's where Chachamim set it up. But regarding the identity of who he is, over here the Chachamim cannot apply. Tashama, so the Gemara, asks on this Takana uh, that we just said, that if the, the gored him so the day that, it, that he belongs to himself goes to himself, and the day of his master goes to his master, on this the Gemara asks... So the Braissa says as follows: Hamis, Misha Chetzi Evet, Vachetzi a An ox. And Rashi says we're talking about an ox, which is a Sher Hamud. He already gored three times. And now he came and and killed this Evet, or this individual that's a half Evet and half free. So what happens now? So the halachi is Rashi, he brings the halachas binigei to a person that's owned, that's a slave. So if he gets killed, so the master gets paid a knas of 30 silver coins. That's the. The knas, that the Apostle says, goes to the master. What's the Allah of a Yid Is that a, a, a Sher So there's Allah of kaifer. The owner of this ox has to pay Kaifer, and for as an atonement, he has to pay a payment which the value of, of this Yid that, that got killed over here. How much it would be sold in the marketplace as an evet he has to pay. So over here, so this Sher gourd, this evet so the B'raiser says, what do you do? So you give half of the knas to the master, and and half of the payment of kaifer, this is the payment that you pay for a yid when he gets killed by a, by a shayr, so that goes to his yershim. Okay, the Gemara will discuss later where is there any yershim here because this person is half a slave, half. A, okay, so that's a, a separate discussion, but basically we split the payment. But the question is, why are we splitting the payment? Am I? Why shouldn't we say, as we said before, if he got killed in the day that he was working for his master, so it should all, the whole kna should be paid for his master. And in the day that he's working for himself, then this payment for him being killed should go to, to himself or to his inheritors. Why are we splitting the payment here? So the moda answers, it's not the same thing. Shani hoho the kakal karna. Over here, this case is different because the damage that happened to this slave is he was totally killed. He's, so over here, it definitely affects not only him on this day today, but it affects his master because he's completely gone and tomorrow he can't work for his master. Now, even though you may argue that it's similar also when his damage, when he gets damaged, that it affects his master tomorrow as well. But nevertheless, when it comes to a damage over here, that with the damage that happened today, he's owned by his master today, so that pay goes completely to the master. On his own day, so that goes totally to him. But in the case of Kalia Karna, where the damage that happened was that it's a total loss. So in such a case. So you have to split it equally between him and his master because they're owned, uh, they're owned by him and his master. Mm. So So, if, if you're telling me this concept of Kalyakarna, Kalyakarna does not only mean when the person was killed completely. Kalyakarna means a kind of damage that's Forever. That that it's it's never coming back, and therefore you have to split that damage equally between him and his master. So, what is a case where the person is damaged and he basically it's not forever, meaning he recovers? So the example would be if a person you injured someone, you hit him at his hand, but some yada in his hand dried up, so his hand was was injured and he couldn't use his hand, and the and then his hand heals and it comes back. Right? So in other words, you have different kinds of injuries. If a person, chas is killed, so then that's kalyakarna. He's, that, 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 he's not uh, coming back. If chas a ha- person's hand is, is cut off or something happens, so then that's all karna. It's not recovering again. But the, over here, the case of loy like karna, where you're telling me that you split the days, you don't split, split the pay equally, but you split it by who he's owned by on that day, that would be such an example where a person's hand was hit and temporarily you can't use it and it will recover. So now the question is, is there, is there really any pay over here of Nezek that the shayer has to pay? What were we talking about over here? That a shayer gored this person, right? So before I read the Gemara inside, there's the Halacha of a shayer that gores and damages, and a shayer has to pay for the Nezek, for the damage that happened. But then there's another type of Halacha, which is oddom, one person that damages and hurts another person. When one person hurts another person, there are many more modes of payment. You have to pay tsar, nezek, ripuy sheves, and vayshis. There are five different things you have to pay for. You have to pay for the damages of his value. You also have to pay for the pain, for the doctor bills. You have to pay for sheves as well, which is what the Gemara is going to focus on over here. The fact that he couldn't work. He was out of work for this time period. There's many different things. By, by a sure, you only have to pay for the real permanent damages that were caused, that the value was decreased forever. But for any other things, like the doctor bills, or the fact that the person couldn't work for a certain period of time, that a shayr does not pay for. So over here, the b'raise before was talking about a shayr that gored. And you're telling me, what's that b'raise talking about? Loikah kalya karna. That the shayr caused the damage in this person, and that he will recover. But the question is, does, do, do you even have to pay for this damage of this shayr? And man he brings it, this is a machloikis. Ha nichelah According to Abaye, yes, the sh- you would. The owner of this shirt would have to pay for this kind of damage, even though it's a temporary damage. He's going to recover. The Amma, because Abaye said, lo ketana." Abaye says, if you harm a person, and because of this, he has to be in bed for a week. And then after that, he gets out of bed, and he recovers partially, and then he can finally go back to his original job. So Abayi says, there's two things that you have to pay this person for. Number one, you have to pay this person for the temporary loss that he has that he can't make his full income that he would usually make. If this person had a high pay job and now he was in bed and he couldn't get that pay, or even when he was out of bed already. But he still couldn't go back to his f- real job. In between, he had to do side jobs, which were easier jobs. actually he gives the example. Shemar he was just uh, able to be a, a guard by a property. He couldn't do a proper job. So that's the Allah of Sheves. That you have to pay him for losing his income from his job. That's yeah. called Sheves Katana. Yeah. Sheves G'dayla means that in this time period, when he's in bed, his value as a person went down. If you'd be sold as a slave right now in his situation now, his value goes down. You have to pay for that as well, for this, that his value went down. So according to Abaye, the fact that a person right now is in bed and he can't work and his value goes down, that's defined as nezek. You have to pay for the damages that, he, that he's damaged right now. So that could apply to a shoyer as well. If a shoyer damages someone, and it's a kind of damage that the person's body will heal. But for the time being, his, the value of his body was decreased. The, per, the, the owner of the share has to pay for this damage that in a, in a case where a person was damaged and his body's going to heal. he was in bed for a week and he's slowly healing, so you don't you only have to pay him for the loss of the job that he had, but there's no payment of Nezek because his value didn't really go down. he's going to recover, and he will be able to be sold the way he was before he has the same value. If so, the question is: Hi, shoiru The Bais is before that said that we split the payment of his day and his master's day. What was it talking about? It was talking about an ox dead gourd. V'shair enim shalem elin nezek. A shoir only pay, pays for real damages, not for damages that are loikal kalya karna, not for damages where the person recovers. So how can you tell me that that Bais is talking about a kind of a damage where the person recovers? If that's the case, there's no payment at all. So the Gemara gives two answers. Both are going to have to either the answer is the braise before is taka. We have to change what that braise was talking about. It's a mistake. It's not talking about when a shirt damaged a person because then there would be no pay. But the case was when another person hit him and damaged him. And then there is a pay because when another person damages, as I mentioned before, there's the five modes of payment. And one of them is the sheves, which is for the loss of his income. And vi or we have to say memrihi. It actually was not a braise. We're not discussing praises. It's just a statement that was said by some amayre, or um, And, and Rav cannot hold of those statements because it doesn't fit with his opinion, as we just uh, proved. Okay, the Gemara begins a new ibayah regarding freeing an avet. ibayah the question is, when it comes to freeing an avet. If you freed an avet, but you didn't free him fully, you didn't give him the document of freedom. This is going back to something we learned before in the Gemara, that if you declare Eved Hefker, so now the monetary ownership was given away, but still, he's not completely free. There's still the, the Iser status of who he is, if he's a guy or a Yid, is he an Eved or a Yid, and that he does not become fully free until he receives a Shtar Shichrar. So he didn't get that Shtar yet. So the question now is, yesh leknas like knas, or like knas. The master that owns him, does he get a pay of knas? If he is uh, damaged or if he's killed or not, this is this is the pasik I mentioned before that the master gets a knas when someone kills him. Kasef shkalim yiten la The pasuk Omar The says you give the master thirty gold silver coins. So, one Tzvara is, V'hay lav He's not his master anymore. Because monetarily, he doesn't own him anymore. He's ready to clear them Hefker. or should I say, Kivin du mechusa get shichr. Since he is still dependent on you, he still needs that get shichr from you, and there's still some connection of ownership that you have in that sense, You're still his master, and therefore you do get a pay for this. So the G'mara brings the Braise to Toshuma. We learn the Braise says... The price we just had before if a shirt kills a person that's half evet and half free so you give half of the knas to the master and half of the payment goes and this is the payment that goes for a yid and that goes for the inheritors so the question is, the Gemara says, My love, ke Don't you think that this b'risa regarding the Chatsiev and the Chatsi ben chayrin follows the Mishnah Achreina of our Mishnah? The Mishnah before, on Dathmemalof on the said that Beis in the end, held that a and Chatsi ben Chayrin has to we force the Master to free him. So if so, this Chatsiev and Chatsi ben Chayrin is really fully free because Beis Hillel and Shami agree that the Master must free him. So why are we giving half of the kanas still to the Master? The reason must be because the master did not give him a shtar shikhr. He wasn't fully free. So this proves that if you don't have that full shtar shikhr, the, the kanastal goes to the master. Answers the Gemara, not necessarily. This b'rase here is going like the original opinion of Basil that was quoted there in the Mishnah, that originally Basil held that we don't force the master to free him, and half is a slave and half is uh, owned by, by himself. So and that's, that's why that half goes to the master. Another Brayse that the Gemara says, Toshuma. We learned in the Brayse, that says, Hipil shinoy, a, a master knocked out the tooth of his uh, slave. And es ene, and he blinded him as well. Okay, this is pretty bad over here. Yeah. So, let, just before we read this Brayse, the halacha, regarding a person that knocks out a tooth or an eye of a slave, is that the slave becomes completely free. Mm-hmm. So he did both here. So he knocked out his tooth and he blinded him. What happens? As soon as he knocked out a tooth, so now that itself, he becomes free. And now, once he becomes free, he's a regular yid. And the nice and may ain't it. So you have to pay him for, the, for his eye that, that you knocked out. For so that, you have to pay him. But the question is why are you paying him for the eye? V. Amrit Yeshle if you're going to say that as long as he didn't give a star to free him. So he's still somewhat owned by his master. So therefore, the knas goes to the master, the knas let out, the master gets this. Hashta be'achrini Rabe, If at this point others would come and, and damage this slave, who would get to pay for this? The master would get it, Rabe so if the master himself blinded him, day. He should have to pay now the slave. What happened over here? It all happened together. He knocked out a tooth and he blinded him at the same time. And he didn't give him yet any shtar shikhr in between. So why for blinding him does he have to pay the slave himself? He didn't give him a shtar shikhr yet. So what do you see over here? That even without a shtar shikhr, he's totally free. And the master has to pay the slave for the the eye. Says the Gemara, no. Dilma, command the Oma, ain't it's this b'raise here is following the opinion, which the Gemara here is going to bring a b'raise, when it comes to this halacha, when you knock out a tooth or an eye, and then the slave goes free, in such a case, well as we see here, there's a machlekes, whether there's even a necessity b'chlal for any additional shtar to free him. In this case, could be he becomes automatically completely free. The tanya, we learn the b'raise about this. The kulon, and all of the different avarin uh, that a master may have... Uh, Knocked, knocked out from his slave so rashi here brings that is, this dollar there's 24 different day that if a master uh, harms and and cuts off from his from a slave so then he goes free so by all of them he will be free but with he still also additionally needs a get shikhar to be completely free from his master but Meir says no ain't it by this halacha when it says that he goes free he goes completely free even if in other cases you need to get Shekhar, but not here. But over here, because we're totally free. And here the B'rasset continues and brings other tanayim that argue about this. Rabbi Yezid ha'im he does need a shtar Shekhar. Rabbi Tarifah says he does not. Rabbi Kiv ha'im Rabbi Kivah says he does need. Ha-Machri'en, Chachamim, those that came to be B'Machri'ah, to sort of settle this argument here in front of the Chachamim, so they said as follows. Nere <speaking in Hebrew> B'Shem If it was the, the tooth, or an eye that the master knocked out, so then he'll be completely free without any additional shtar Why? Because the title writes this explicitly in the title when it speaks about the fact that a slave goes free if the master knocked out something. It says clearly shen So that says explicitly, so he goes free. But but it seems like Rabakive is right regarding any of the other avarim limbs that the master knocked out, so that then he will only go free with a shtar additionally, and the reason is, because this is just a penalty of the chachamim that he should be freed. So over here, he additionally will need a shtar shichrar. The Gemara immediately explains what this means here. How could you say that regarding all of the avarim that if the master knocks, knocks out, so he goes free, that it's a knas of the chachamim, Knasu? There's a pasach that's dash, and Rashi, here brings it, it's learned that from a klal, a, prat, a klal, that any of the evadim of a person, that's a mum be and it, and it doesn't ever come back. So if you knock that out, so then the person, the slave, goes free. So how could it say that it's a knas hacham? El Elad, the Gemara says, Amos say as follows, umedrish hachamahu. Since Shenva V'ayin is written explicitly in the Teireh. But all other Ivarim is just a, a drasha. So because it's just a drasha so over here, he does not go free without Ashtar Shechroh, which is also very difficult to understand. The discussed this here, the Rishenim discussed this, because even if it's just a drasha, but it's, it's mina Teireh as much as his freedom of Hashem V'ayin. So the Pshat that <laughs> says here is that because Shenva V'ayin is explicit in the Teireh, we're not afraid that his master is going to come and approach him in the street and tell him, oh, you're still my slave. Because Shem V'ayin, everybody knows, it says it in Chumash. Every child knows that he's free. But the other which does not say clearly in the title, the master may come and tell him, you stole my slave. So therefore, Misakin, that he has to have a Shtar Shichro to prove that he's totally free. Okay, let's learn more. one more piece over here. Another Shiloh the Gemara has. Yibay Elohu, the Shiloh was asked, get a slave that is master freed freedom, but he did not give him that Shtar Shichro yet. So, Oichol if he was owned by a client, and a evad canani of a coin can eat trume. Can he eat trume? Or he does not eat trume. Again, the Gemara says a similar Shiloh as before. Kenyan Kaspoi Omer The title that says that a evad of a coin can eat trume, so it refers to him as Kenyan Kaspoi. His master owns him. But over here, his master does not own him anymore. He's freed him. Or I say, because he didn't fully free him, he didn't give him that get shechrash, so the status of Esther is not yet free. So he does have ownership over him, and therefore he could still eat. Ramesh Arashia said the following: What happens if a, a woman, she's a wife of a koyan, and she gave birth? And at the same time, a Shifcha kananis, also owned by her husband, also gave birth at the same time. And what happened? The two babies got confused. And now mm-hmm. you don't know who is the Kayin, and who is the, 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 the son of this Shifcha. <speaking in Hebrew> they both could eat because just like the Kayin could eat them, the son of this shivcha, which is owned by the Master, could also eat Romeh. And the Khulkin, khalik echad ala when they come to the to the gaiden, which is where they come to collect the truma, by the by, by what, the Granary. By the granary, and they come to collect that truma. They both get take one portion of truma. What's, why do they take one portion of truma? So Ashi explains because there's a takana of Chazal that even though Evid Kanani is allowed to eat truma, but he's not allowed to go and collect the truma because if he comes to collect the truma, people may make the mistake and say that he is a coin. Okay, so therefore, they, only, they can only go and collect over there one portion. Now, Higdilu, when they both became older, HaTaruva is these two children, that you don't know who's the Kayim, and who's the son of the Shivcha, Meshacharim ze So they have to free one another, because we don't know who's the master and who's the slave. So they, one can't have the other work for him, so what they, have, they have to free each other. So what mm-hmm. the G'mon is asking over here is, this is a situation where because they were mixed with each other, one cannot work for the other, even before he frees him, but he can't work for him. But he still didn't get an actual Shtar Shechir yet. And nevertheless, what does it say over here? That until they get freed from one another, they're allowed to eat trumah. So I see from here that when you're free, but you did not get your star Shechir yet, you're still allowed to eat trumah from your master, which is the Kanyan. Answers the Gemari: No, you can't compare. Hachihasha, How can you compare? Hassam over there. True, bapayel they can't work for each other. But if a if novi comes and tells us, and he tells us with prophecy the facts, who's the evet and who's the Kayin, So then, king and kasper really one of them is still completely owned by his master. Elamai bapayel he can't work for him. He has to free him because none of them can work for each other. So therefore, over there they can still eat truma. <laughs> but over here, our Shiloh was in a situation where the master freed him. He just didn't give him the star <laughs> Shekharot. Over here, there's a Svarah that he's not a king in Kaspe at all. And therefore, that, that, that Gemara remains unresolved.